So wine is Argentina's national beverage, I just found out. And this is an Azteca Coyo Malbec. Azteca means flower in like their native Indian language of Argentina. And then Malbec is the flagship red varietal from Argentina. So this is like a super like Argentinian wine. Okay, neat. Yeah. Which I didn't know when I picked this up. It has like a really pretty bright orange label. And it says it has red color with violet hues. And it's very sweet in the mouth, but it pairs well with pasta and mild to spicy cuisine. Yeah, which, which we just got at our local grocery store. Yeah. Which I normally don't like buying wine there because I feel like they always like mark everything up. But this was six ninety nine. I think it was on sale normally like 10 bucks. What does Azteca mean? Azteca means flower in the native Indian language of Argentina. Oh, okay, neat. Yeah. Like Aztec. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I actually had to Google how to say it correctly as well. So this is pretty dark like our Malbec was the other day, but this one I think is a little bit more red from what I can tell. It's got like a little more ruby. Yeah, like a garnet ruby yeah. color to it, which is really nice. Okay, so I'm going to taste it. Yeah. We'll have to just see what Lindsay thinks about this wine. Lots of acidity. It is a little bit dry on the back of the palate, which I like. It actually scared me when it said it was sweet. Because anytime something's as sweet, I'm like, ugh. But it's not as sweet as I was thinking. It's more tart. Yeah, it does have some metallic in there as, as well. You say metallic? There's a metallic. Is there? Like, um, probably, probably, I wonder if it was steel barrel. Mm. Which usually you want It does taste like a steel barrel versus an oak barrel. Yeah, which is kind of unfortunate because I think they lose a lot of dynamic. I don't know. like Unless it's a white wine and then you expect it. I think reds, like I enjoy a red out of a steel barrel every so often. Like I don't want everything to be oaky. Hmm. I don't know. Well, there's different types of oak. I know, and different types of barrels, too. Like, it doesn't even have to be oak, right? Yeah. Like, you can do wine in an old whiskey barrel and get, Which is really cool. Yeah. I actually like it when they use other types of things, like whiskey barrels, or, like, things that kind of infuse, like, some sort of other flavor. Yeah. But this is decent wine. It's not my favorite by any means, but it's not bad. Yeah, it's not my favorite. And this is a 2019, so it's very young. It was pretty inexpensive, honestly. I know. For like six bucks, I can't complain. Yeah. So if you don't know, you are listening to Wine 30. With Andrew and Lindsay. And today, we are going to be sharing an interview with you. I know. I feel so bad because we recorded this interview almost a month ago. And we had it set for last Friday to come out. But because of everything going on in the world, we're like, you know what? We need to like take a break, post it the week after. It just, like, seemed wrong to just, like, be piling on more and more content when, like, people could be listening to news or listening to information. Um, I mean, we were just kind of, like, wrapped up in it as well. I know. And this podcast also took us a little bit of time to edit because with Zoom, you never know what kind of internet connection. Like, because both people have to have, like, a pristine connection the entire time for it not to, like, bug out a little bit. Yeah. So we did have to, like, do a little bit of editing sound-wise or, like, take out little clips because it was glitchy. Because Which, if you listen to any of our other interviews, we usually do very minimal editing. 
Yeah. But we kept so, it down to a minimum. Yeah. Really. Um, but the interview today is with John Clarence Stewart, who plays Simon on Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, which just got picked up for season two. Nice. Which I was really excited because we had our podcast, I Just Don't Have Time For, and we did an entire season about Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Yeah, so which we, had, we really like that show. So we had Kapil Tallwalker on a few episodes ago, and he plays Tobin. So now we have John, who plays Simon. So what would you say, like, overall, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist is like? Because I felt like it jumped around a lot. And it... I, I don't know. I don't want to say I felt like let like it wasn't enough at the end but it felt like there wasn't like depth in some places that i wanted because it jumped around so much because they were trying to establish so many different character story arcs maybe maybe that's it Um, but it just felt like i lost like but by the end i was just like okay like they stretched something out that they could have just done in like a couple episodes but i think it'll be interesting now that we've like, they've built on each of these characters. Like, next season, they can go deeper. Yeah, I like it. But I also really like the song and dance part of it. So oh, yeah. So, I think that... I just think that the story needs to progress a little bit quicker. And, but I do know it was a very personal story and that yeah. he wanted to really tell his part of it. So, it, it's it's okay for the first season to be like this, but... I wouldn't expect the second season. To have like one main storyline or two main storylines for the entire season. Exactly. Like there needs to be like a story per episode where it's like at the end of the season, I just felt like there was one story kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. um, So have you been reading any books lately? Have I been reading any books lately? I've been reading too many books lately. That's my problem is I'm reading so many things at one time that I feel like I am in this weird balance of trying to get through everything before, because I'd like to check things out with overdrive from the library. So you only have a limited amount of time. And I was on hold list for a lot of things for a long period of time. And then I got them all at once somehow. Um, So I've been reading act like a lady, which I talked about the last few weeks because we had Kelty Knight from the lady gang, who was one of the people who wrote the book. So I've been reading act like a lady. I've been reading, Christmas Shopaholic from the Confessions of a Shopaholic series. I've been reading Open Book, with which was written by Jessica Simpson. And then I started reading White Fragility, which is like a really heavy book. So you can't read very much of it at any oh, okay. given time. So, yeah. I mean, you could, but it's hard to absorb Yeah. if you read a bunch at one time. So that's what I'm reading right now. Nice. I know that you were reading just a I just started ago. a book called uh, Between the World and Me. Which you've had that book for like years. You've been toting it around and you just now cracked it open. Yeah, which it like really, I guess it's a good time to crack it open because it's kind of about like uh, what's been happening in stuff. But it does, it's like weird because it's, let's see. It was written like several years ago and it's talking about what's happening now kind of like Mm -hmm. like with the inequality and whatnot so i'm just like this stuff has been going on yeah for sure you know like yeah but you probably got this book what in like 2015 maybe 2016 i mean it came out in 2015 so yeah 
but it's it's pretty good yeah and it just talks about like it's the way it's written is it's like a a letter to the son of a man who grew up in like a city but he's it's kind of like that social contract we've talked about yeah so i don't want to go i don't want to give two i don't want to give anything who's the author uh, the author is, I don't know if I'm saying, butchering his name, but it's Ta-Nisi Kotis. Do you know how Ta-Nisi to say that? Ta-Nisi Kotis? Yeah. I don't, I don't know how to say it either. Yeah. But we'll put it in the description as well. That's yeah. what we should start doing is writing down the names of books and like shows and stuff in the description so that people can easily find the things we talk about. Yeah. So if you're like you want to know kind of like what a lot of the protest is about this is a really good book to like see it from perspective of like you know america is purveyed as like this godsend country but really was built on the backs of like you know yeah people like it's built on the backs of people you know so that kind of like bring begs the question like, how come the wealth is not more distributed to the peoples whose backs it was built on kind of thing? Well, I think that's a lot of what Cory Booker and Kamala Harris were trying to fight for a few months ago when they were running for president, when they're like, black people need to be, like, compensated in some way. Not necessarily even monetarily, but like... Well, it's also for... the de- disenfranchisement of them. For instance, in the book he was going on the show to talk about his book. Mm -hmm. He went on a talk show and he was like, well, you know, you have people being beat in the streets and whatnot. This is back in 2015, like old ladies being beat in the street, like, you know, kids being shot. Remember when Mm -hmm. what's his face was shot, the 12 year old. Um, And the interview interviewer just like put a picture of a a black kid hugging a white cop so it was like kind of like you see the psychological warfare there it's kind of like disenfranchising him he's like well what do you have to say about this you know and it's kind of like well you're ignoring like the actual facts of what's going on like just because there's one person doing that doesn't necessarily mean it's not staged which is that the same kid that had been adopted by white parents who had him pose with the white cop. And then the mother drugged all six of her kids and drove them off a cliff. Uh, I, I was reading about know, that today. That's and a real thing. Yeah. It's crazy. The world is so crazy right now. Yeah. Um, so he just is talking about that and kind of like how. Maybe you should do a book yeah. club on it when you're done. I could do. Yeah, because maybe. I was going to do a, a book club on white fragility and like create a panel of people and invite people into like a Zoom call. Like, are all of our listeners who want to join in and we can talk about the book and maybe you want to host... I could Like, a Zoom that. book club about cool. your book, Yeah, too. I don't want to give up too much. I yeah. just... I'm and it's about, not very big. It's I'm a quarter like, way through already, so... Yeah, it's probably, what, 250 pages or something? Yeah, it's not big. It's just, a, like I said, it's a letter to his son. It's kind of, like, interesting. Yeah. I actually find it very moving. I mean, a lot of it has to do with what's going on, so... Which, I mean, obviously it hasn't stopped... Yeah, I mean, since I the beginning of America, really. But yeah. I feel like these past, whatever, five years yeah. have really been, like, with the Trayvon Martin thing and, like, just police brutality keeps getting worse and worse as well. So 
Well, it's kind of like the and like threat on bo- our worse. bodies, you know, yeah. threaten on our bodies. It's like because I don't want to. I don't read the book. Check it out. Let me know what you think about it. How are you feeling about this wine now that you've had a few more sips? I think it's okay. What would you pair this with? We didn't talk about anything we'd pair it with, really. I mean, it said what they would pair it with. I would do like a spicy shrimp stir fry type thing. With yeah, this. shrimp would like be Cajun good, shrimp. I guess. Yeah, maybe. Pulled pork would be good. It has a little bit of zip to it. I feel like you need something just slightly spicy with this. You could do like a jambalaya. Yeah. Or... Like thick, you know, something like thick gravy would be really good. I was thinking like Indian food with like a thick curry. Mashed potatoes would be really good with it. I haven't had mashed potatoes in so long. Yeah. Actually, that's a lie. Because I made you shepherd's pie last week. That's true. Or made us shepherd's pie. But I can't have cheese. So that's always a bummer. Um, I guess that's it that we have to talk to you guys about before we lead you into our interview. We hope you guys have a great week and we will talk to you next Wednesday. Yeah, enjoy our interview. here on wine 30 podcast with john clarence stewart from zoe's extraordinary playlist so for those who haven't seen zoe's extraordinary playlist yet can you describe the show and your character um yes zoe's extraordinary playlist follows zoe as in her work life and her personal life um something happens in the pilot where She's able to hear people's emotions and heart songs. Um, and whenever they're feeling something, to, they break out into a musical number and she knows what's going on inside. So that's one part of it. Simon, who's the character that I play, is an executive at Sparkpoint where she works. And uh, he is a gregarious and nice guy on the outside and grieving on the inside. Like, uh, like a... I want to say like a cookie, you know, like a like the cream on the inside. The, the cream is like really soft and stuff. So that's what's going on with him. And she hears him sing a song that's of grief, and she helps him through that. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Cool. What was the audition process like? Because I know it's kind of more of a unique show because everyone on the show is kind of dancing, singing, and acting. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah. The audition process was um, we had no dancing for me, so that was one. I uh, didn't know I was gonna be dancing until the first table read. Um, and other than that, uh, I sang, well, I, got the, I got the pilot and I read the size and it landed on me in a very specific way because I lost my father a while back. So it hit me, sing two songs. I think the song, I called my mom after it was over. And I said, hey, I'm probably not gonna get it but I did my best. And she was like, okay. And um, then I got on a plane. I was going to go back to New York. I said, I need to get off the plane. I have an emergency. And so I got off the plane, got escorted off the plane. My bags went to New York. I stayed, borrowed a friend's suit, shaved down my beard because I said I was looking too haggard and um, went in for the test. And when I did the test, I met Austin, the showrunner, had a beautiful conversation. And then for that, I sang uh use you know i said saying sex on fire by the kings of leon 
and I sang Mad World, which was in the pilot. And then I did the scenes, and that was it. Wow. That's quite a lengthy process, though. And even though they didn't have dancing in the audition, you have had to work with Mandy Moore, who's one of like the best choreographers of like our time. How much time do you have like per song to work with her? Because I know like- um, We have one or two rehearsals. Uh, and those rehearsals, usually like an hour to an hour and a half. Um, and then on the day, we, uh, we put it up, we rehearse it on the day. And then after we rehearse it and get the cameras set up, um, we shoot it. And that's, so it's not a lot of rehearsal that we have. Um, but the thing is, like, you know, Mandy Moore is Mandy Moore. She's brilliant. She's mm. iconic in every way. When we're rehearsing, while we're rehearsing, she and Jillian Myers and Jeff Mortensen, her assistants, they're shooting with their iPhones as we're rehearsing. So they're anticipating all of the camera angles while we're working. So that when we get on set, she's like, what about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, also with Mandy, she has this way of um, creating a safe space and she allows us to, well, I'll speak for myself. She allowed me to explore with my body and she found out what the physical vocabulary was for me, John, and then she built on that. And then she stretched me in ways that were reasonable mm -hmm. um, and were within my capability of doing, which only a master can do that. So I'm grateful. Awesome. So what would your dream like song and or storyline be if there's a season two? Um, <laughs> if there's a season two, Simon needs therapy. So that's like one really <laughs> big thing, in my opinion. Yeah. Just, like brothers got to go to therapy. So there's that. Um, a song that I would love to sing. Yo. I would love to sing something from Prince. Mm -hmm. um, when Doves Cry is one of my favorites. Um, I also love Lenny Kravitz, um, and I wouldn't be opposed to Billie Eilish either. Awesome. So are there any other characters you relate to besides Simon, of course, like in contrast or now that you look back? Yeah. I mean, um, there's, I feel like I relate to Zoe in the sense of, um, being on my journey, being on my path and having to gain this, this ability to empathize for the people that are around me and this ability to um, be curious about what's going on with them and not take things as personally. Um, so that's part of my experience as well. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important to the show. And, and also with Max, there's this thing about coming into identity and one's personal power. Are you um, team Max or Simon? I know you're Simon, but if you had to choose from your, I would say I would say I'm Team Zoe. Like um, that's what I would say, and uh, I think that's, that <laughs> so that's sweet. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's true. I think that the way that we're doing this love triangle is really the way that we're doing it is just as important as it existing itself, mm -hmm. right? Like there is no princess in a tower. There is none of that stuff, which. I think that's pretty archaic and I'm glad that we're not doing that. Um, everybody's on their own path and justified, which I like. Awesome. So how hard was it to ignore the people singing and dancing, like in the engagement party scene where you're giving a speech and she's like in your face singing, like how hard was it to ignore someone just singing to you? It's hard as hell. 
Especially when like India is killing it. Like he is killing it. And I'm just it but you get used to it over time. Yeah. Like and there may be some takes in the beginning where um where my eyes are watching something they're doing. Um and you can tell because my eyeballs are moving as they're moving and it's just like not it's just yeah. not the thing. Um, so it, it can be difficult sometimes, um, but you know, over time you get used to it. You focus on something that's not them. You kind of tune them out. And I, especially we, in the, the finale, um, there's a number that we did, that I did, and Max was talking to Zoe, and I have to do this thing. I put my hand like right in front of his face. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't know how he kept it together as I'm dancing through. And I'm like, wham, just like that each time. But, you know, you kind of figure it out. Yeah. So when you showed up for, like, the first table read, were there any cast members that you found yourself, like, starstruck by or, like, that you just thought were so surreal that you were working with? Um, no. There weren't. The one I was starstruck by was Mandy. Mm -hmm. Like, I was, I was floored. Once again, I had no idea we were going to be asked to dance like this. Yeah. So when they said in the, after the first table read, when they said, Hey John, so, um, we're going to the mad world song. We know you sang it in the audition. So we're going to do that number that way, of course, but we also want to try something that's a lot more dancey. So you're going to meet up with Mandy. And I was like, Mandy, they are like, yeah, we're going to meet up with Mandy more. And I was like, <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> and then I showed up and I saw her and I was like, this is actually my life right now. Keep it together, keep it together, keep it together. And then I, obviously I told her, I was like, oh my God, I watch you forever. And she was like, cool, cool, cool. Great, great, great. Let's get to work. And then, yeah, yeah. Okay. Are there any other projects that you're currently working on or any of that while we're all stuck at home? Yeah. I mean, everything that I'm working on is, is personally generated right now. So, um, there's a play that I'm working on. There's two television projects that I'm working on as well. Um, one of them is rooted in our pandemic times. Um, and so it's something that would be shot via Zoom like this, you know, so trying to create content and generate things that um, incorporate the reality of what's going on. Um, and other than that, I stay creative by just dancing on my Instagram and taking yeah random songs from people and just like boogieing because it feels good and that's it. Have you been uh, doing the whole TikTok as well or? I, have, I am on the TikTok and, but I don't know that I'd do it the right way. That's. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then now we just have a few like quarantine questions for you because everyone's stuck at home. So what okay. have you been watching? I've been watching Love Island. Um, watched all of season three, finished that the other day, proud of myself. Um, I have also watched The Last Dance, uh, the Michael Jordan ESPN documentary series that's going on now. Um, I watched, what else? I watched The Tiger King a while back. I watched Money Heist, it's a Netflix series. I watched all four seasons. Um, I've, I'm watching Killing Eve. Uh, yeah, those are the things that are keeping me busy right now. I just started watching Devs too. Nice. Did you yeah. uh, watch the American version of Love Island or are you doing the British? 
I'm doing a British. The British. The British one is so much better. <laughs> yeah. Which we did yeah. watch a little bit of that too. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think? Did you, was it entertaining? Um, it's entertaining. It's just a lot. It's a lot. Like there's a lot of content there for just like two weeks. <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Okay. So what have you been snacking on? Um, uh, snacking chips, like these big blue corn chips, mm. you know, I, I snack on those. Um, I obviously snack on, I, I, maybe it's not snack. I just eat whole meals mm -hmm. of like burgers and things that I wouldn't normally have so frequently. Um, when recently I've been drinking a lot of kombucha for some reason. Yeah, we make a we like make our own kombucha, so we have like a huge batch of it yeah. like every week, which is amazing. You make your own kombucha. Mm -hmm. You all are the most fascinating. People. <laughs> uh, what's your What are you most excited for post quarantine? Like, what do you miss the most that you, you could have done, but now you can't? I think it's the simple things: just going out with friends, going to the yeah. beach, like going to the beach with friends, going out with friends seeing friends outside of the house, you know, yeah. and, um, uh, and then seeing family because, you know, I can't go see my family right now. It sucks. Yeah. I miss family. Okay. So where can people follow you online? Okay. J Stu I I I on Instagram and Stuart underscore I I I on Twitter, on the Twitter and, um, on the TikTok, John at John parents, Stuart. And uh, John Clarence to be on Facebook, and that's it. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Of course. Thanks for having me.